0: He took a pitch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. Heart we used heart attack. Please. Managers on a Major League Baseball team, don't make decisions. They're done without that. credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with it, Bob Pearl Harbor? The castration of the Major League Baseball managers, we know it. Ask me about my win I'm looking at a little bit of intrigue when it comes to this year's Stanley Cup Finals. I've always been a big fan of dynasties. I've always been a fan of a team that for a series of years could put a sport on its back. And the Tampa Bay Lightning right now are looking to do something that hasn't been done since the early part of the 1980s. And that's win three straight Stanley Cups. You've seen some really good teams over the last 20 or so years. And the Lightning are trying to do something that hasn't been done since the early 80s New York Islanders. Just prior to that, the Montreal Canadiens, who ran off four straight Stanley Cups from 76 to 79. The Islanders, of course, winning four straight from 80 to 83. And since then, you haven't had a team win three in a row. So that's what's got me in the NHL. Now I'm going to be following the finals. Obviously, you look at the Colorado Avalanche, who I believe are probably the better squad as they look to win their third cup. The Lightning are looking to win their third in a row, fourth overall. Uh, Another thing, it's funny as you watch the NBA Finals, and I I said that Draymond Green from the beginning was going to be a reason that the Golden State Warriors lose in the NBA Finals. And I predicted it was going to be in a different way. It was going to be Draymond Green trash-talking, getting under the skin of his opponent and the officials to a point where the officials are going to go Well, they could basically have a big target on his back and call him for everything. He's going to get thrown out of a game that's going to cause the Warriors uh, a chance to win the title. Now, Draymond Green should be happy to be thrown out of a game. He has been dreadful, can't shoot the ball from the field, really is not helping his team at all, probably playing the worst stretch of basketball of his career. So the Warriors might be better off without Draymond on the court. We'll see how that ends up working out. But what I really want to talk about is a polarizing issue, and it's an issue that exists probably with a lot of modern-day baseball fans, and they don't want to see older managers. And the court of public opinion is very much against Tony La Russa, and... Probably isn't giving him a good vote of confidence as he's managing the Chicago White Sox right now, a team with a lot of aspirations. They were expected to be the best team in the American League Central. I predicted that the Twins would be back after a down season last year. Um, Still kind of don't believe they should have traded Jose Barrios, so I'm talking about the Twins here, but I'm glad that they bounced back and they're competitive and they're they're back in the mix, leading the division at this moment. So I, I didn't look at the AL Central and say it was the White Sox and nobody else. I thought the Tigers were going to be a little better. Like I said, I'm not surprised with the Twins. I think you're going to get some competitive baseball from a young Cleveland Indian squad. And then, of course, you look at the Kansas City Royals, who are probably a couple years away. you got to like Bobby Witt. you got to like some of the young players that are down there. But the expectation is that the Kansas City Royals are still a couple years away. But the White Sox, from a talent perspective, you know they're getting Lance Lynn back right now. But their offense, if you look at one through nine, uh, you know, there's very few teams in, in the American League. You know, you think of the Yankees and maybe the, the Blue Jays and the Astros and a couple other teams are, are on the level of what the Chicago White Sox bring up there to the plate. You know, with uh, you know, obviously Jose Abreu, the MVP. I know they got a couple players hurt right now, but the expectation is that the Chicago White Sox are supposed to be a lot better than they are. Now, the first thing you say is, well, you know, the narrative that has existed from day one, of Tony La Russa taking the job with the Chicago White Sox as their manager, has basically been an all-out character assassination to try to destroy this guy, to try to remove him from baseball. And you're talking about a Hall of Fame manager that's been around for 30-plus years. Now, yeah, it's a little unorthodox, for him to retire or end up stop managing after the 2011 season when he won a World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals, and all of a sudden, 10 years later, or what are we talking about? Not not that long later, about about a decade or so later, becomes the manager of the Chicago White Sox in his mid 70s. Now the th- talk is, and you hear Buster only, you know, basically saying he reports this, but this was kind of understood from the beginning. You know, Jerry Reinsdorf brought him in. You know, the owner of the Chicago White Sox probably wasn't happy with the circumstances that led to him being fired in 1986. He took a job almost immediately, within a couple of weeks, with the Oakland Athletics. Led them to three straight World Series appearances, one of whom was a World Series championship. Obviously, the success in St. Louis after. He's inducted into Baseball's Hall of Fame. And Jerry Reinsdorf, is he's getting up there in age Probably not one of my favorite owners when it comes to the world of sports, but that's for a different topic, a different day. But he, maybe he does feel some remorse for letting Larusa go and being part of him being fired. Obviously, Hawk Harrelson, the longtime announcer for the Chicago White Sox at the time, was the general manager. And he was the one that, that told Tony Lewis and he was fired. Now, the court of public opinion, they want Tony LaRusse out. They're going to put him under a microscope. They're going to study every last little thing he does and do everything what they, that they can to uh, assassinate his ability to manage in Major League Baseball in 2022. And you, you've, you've heard my, if you wanted to listen to my last show, you heard me talk about uh, the tough time that proven MLB managers are having sticking in a game right now because they're under a microscope. If you are a no-name, if you come into a managerial post with no prior experience or experience in a front office or very little work in the minor leagues, you're going to get more of a grace period. You're going to get more of the benefit of the doubt if things aren't going right. Now, if you come in there like a Joe Girardi, you won a World Series championship, you managed in uh, Major League Baseball for a, a, a long time, for a decade. Obviously, Buck Showalter with the Mets, he's been around for a very long time. Joe Madden, you know, has managed consecutively since he first took the job with the Tampa Bay Rays and what was that, 2006, I think. If you're a manager like that, the expectation is you're supposed to win right away. Tony La Russa took the job with the Chicago White Sox with the expectation that they were going to win. They won the AL Central last year. They didn't advance much further than they did the year before. In fact, they made it pretty much through the same spot. Yeah, they didn't make it through the wild card round in a weird 2020 season when 62.5% of all major league baseball teams made the playoffs, but last year was supposed to be a step up. Basically, Rick Kahn, Jerry Reinsdorf, Kenny Williams, they let it known let it be known that the White Sox were a manager away from winning an American League championship. And maybe not a World Series championship. Maybe to take that next step, they needed somebody behind the dugout that was better than what they had before. It was a knock on Rick Rennery. And obviously, the court of public opinion does not like Tony La Russa. They don't like him for a lot of reasons. You know, Maybe they're bothered because he got a DUI. Maybe they're bothered because some of the statements he makes don't necessarily um, stand in line with a lot of what people feel or where people will accept to be set and once again I could do a whole show talking about what people say and uh, you know the fact that if you don't say the right thing if you're not a sheep if you don't follow the line of exactly what everybody wants you to say you're vilified and I think there's some of that when exists would that exist with Tony La Russa. but it, the ironic thing about this you know has been the discussion that I've had about The manager position in Major League Baseball basically being castrated from the individual. And the manager is basically told, hey, this is how you are to play this game. This is your lineup. Um, These are the decisions you make over the course of the game. And you got a guy that actually has the balls to stand up and do what he feels is right and doesn't follow a script, doesn't follow a series of orders, doesn't go to the binder or follow the internet or look at the iPad and do exactly what he's told to do. And isn't that what the majority of the people are bitching and complaining about? When, I, when I'm going out on my rant talking about a manager in Major League Baseball not making decisions, isn't that what you wanted? Didn't you want to see a manager in baseball with the balls to go against the grain to do something that maybe the book wouldn't tell him to do? Now the results of it in this individual situation, and of course I'm referring to the one and two count intentional walk to Trey Turner, which was followed by a three-run home run by Max Muncy, the result of it couldn't have been any worse. It couldn't have been calculated to end up happening any worse than it did. But the hypocrisy of the Major League Baseball fan is that you bitch and complain for years about the change in the position of the Major League Baseball manager, that they're just supposed to follow orders, supposed to be a guidance counselor. And then uh, a, a manager has the audacity to go against the grain and not listen to the binder or the tablet or the front office that's got the earpiece in his ear telling him what to do. Like I said, the results couldn't have been any worse. But to me, this is not grounds for termination. What will be grounds for termination is the continuing struggles of the Chicago White Sox. And I don't know what the timeline is. I don't know if Jerry Reinsdorf is going to fire Tony La Russa in season. You have seen a couple surprises already over the last couple weeks. Of course, we spent some time in the last show talking about Joe Girardi and Joe Madden within five days getting fired as managers of the Phillies and uh, Angels, respectively is Tony Larussa next well you know for that you know young baseball fan that thinks that baseball from 2005 on is the only time that there's ever been baseball you can't wait to see Tony Larussa get fired that's what you're looking for and for that reason alone i want to see Tony La Russa succeed now i'm also a fan i also think he is he he comes from a time where he had the ability to change the game, to revolutionize the game, to do different things, when the manager of of now is not going to be able to impact the game like he did, he is the reason that you have multiple pitching changes and matchups are set up based off a of righty lefty splits. Now, Casey Stengel did a lot with platoons when it comes to righty lefties, you know, offensive players playing against different pitchers that were out there. Now Tony LaRussa took it to the other side along with Dave Duncan starting with Oakland a little bit with the Chicago White Sox. Now remember, you know, you're talking about the late seventies, early eighties, starting pitchers are going a little later in the games. And when you had guys like Lamar Hoyt and Tom Seaver at one point, you're looking at pitchers like that that are expecting at least in half of their starts at that time gonna go nine. And a majority of the time are going to go out there and go seven, even when they're not throwing a ball too well. But with Oakland, you see some of the revolution with Rick Honeycutt and Dennis Eckersley and you know other pitchers that specialize in getting same-sided hitters out. And that's his impact in the game. He is responsible, not solely responsible, not like it was never done before, but he perfected it. He turned it into an art and a science not just the fact that he won three World Series championships and was in three others and managed for 30 years, but he is a pioneer in the sport where he's used the position as a Major League Baseball manager to change the game. There's no manager in baseball right now that is going to be able to change the game of baseball. You can talk about front offices that do that. You could talk about uh, teams in our analytics department doing different things, the Rays... Uh, maybe revolutionizing the game with the opener, but that's no credit to Kevin Cash. That's no credit prior to that to Joe Madden. wasn't really there until Kevin Cash took over. But you know, you understand that the you know the Rays have changed the way you use pitchers, bullpen games, openers, um, setting up different matchups. Not afraid to throw eight, nine pitchers out there on a day in a day out basis. But my my issue with fans knocking Tony La Russa. and like I said you're entitled to your own opinion uh, I'm just telling you that if you're if you're against Tony La Russa, if you expect him to get fired or can't wait for him to lose his job as the manager of the Chicago White Sox then you know I'm happily rooting against you and I'm rooting for Tony La Russa. and it, I have said all along I let the court of public opinion in a lot of cases influence my opinion and I like to go against the court of public opinion because a lot of times I think people are nothing but a bunch of followers. You hear somebody make a point and you figure if you just grab a hundred or a thousand people to echo the same thing, you're going to turn it into some sort of fact. It's still a friggin' opinion. And Tony Larissa, listen, he's going to be judged by the Chicago White Sox of this year. And I think if they finish a season under 500, if they don't make the playoffs in a year that they were expected to, there's a good chance that Tony La Russa doesn't come back for the 2023 season. But right now, at this moment, do I expect him to lose his job as a manager of the Chicago White Sox? No. And like I said, because of what the court of public opinion is trying to say, I'm kind of rooting for him to succeed. I think the White Sox can turn it around. Lance Lynn's coming back this week. Um, Tim Anderson, at some point, will be back to be able to help them out. You know, and you look at you know, I look at his squad, and they're not on the level of the Yankees right now. I I don't think maybe they're a top three team in the American League. Certainly record-wise, they're not. But you know, when they're all put together, if they go on a run here, listen, I think they could get to the playoffs. I think they could maybe win a round in the playoffs. But you know, the, it comes down to the last point that I want to make about this because yeah, you wonder if the change at the managerial position has helped the Chicago White Sox. And that, I'm gonna go against what I've said and say that it's not. Now, is Tony La Russa holding that team back? No, I don't think so. But I think Tony La Russa, the older school manager, the one that is going to have the balls to buck the curve, to do something against the grain, is not making much of a difference with the White Sox Backs my original point, which I had made years ago, is that a team really doesn't follow the strength, the talent, and the honor of their manager. It's about the talent that's on the field. And analytics, um, the use of front offices, spray charts, defensive positioning, um, the game being dictated of how it's going to be played, maximizes the talent of the players that are on the field doesn't maximize the tactical uh, advantage that a manager has the managers with the tactical advantages in baseball just have the better players they have the teams that happen to be winning more games you know i've spent the last three years plus hearing yankee fans bitch and complain about how bad they think aaron boone is as a manager as the yankees hands down have the best record in baseball right now All of a sudden, he figured out what he was doing in these people's minds. It's proof that a team is just, a manager is just as good as the talent that's assembled around him, as good as the ability that the team has to win games. Casey Stengel was a shitty manager for the Dodgers, a shitty manager for the Braves. All of a sudden, went to the Yankees where they had a bunch of Hall of Famers and borderline hall of famers and won seven world series championships all of a sudden he figured out how to manage he became a great manager joe tory sucked as a manager with the mets was one of the worst managers the st louis cardinals ever had took the new york yankees job and all of a sudden figured out what he was doing no it had everything to do with the talent of the players that were on the freaking field he had shitty players with the mets he had shitty players with the cardinals When he took over the Yankees, Joe Torre, in 1996, the Yankees were ready to win. The Yankees won not because of Joe Torre all of a sudden becoming a great manager. He happened to be behind the dugout of a team that was going on another great Yankee run. But we'll still say, oh. You know, the manager's good, the manager's bad. Well, listen, if the Yankees go out there and win a World Series, you're going to have these same-ass clown, friggin' half-ass, no-talent fans telling you that, well, Aaron Boone's a great manager now. Yeah, he's going to be a great manager if the Yankees win a World Series. If not, then, you know, he's not going to be a good manager. The manager of baseball right now is only as good as the players that are on the field. He's only as good as the roster that's constructed. The manager has very little to do with a team winning a World Series and not winning a World Series. Are there subtle things that they can do over the course of the game? Sure. But even those are becoming questionable. How many are forced from the front office? How many? How much of the game plan in Major League Baseball is scripted for that manager? Antonio LaRusso, like I said, decides to go, hey, one-two count, I'm going to intentionally walk a guy. Let me clear this up too, because a lot of people are, are just not seeing this either. The, the counts one and two on Trey Turner, runner on first base. The runner from first base goes to second. Sometimes, and some game plans. Hey, if a runner from first advances to second, and a left-hand pitcher is on the mound against a right-hand hitter, and the next batter is a left-hand hitter, there's a code that says walk him. And that's all Tony La Russa was following. So maybe it wasn't Tony La Russa going out of his way to buck the system. Maybe that was actually a part of the game plan that was set. If this situation ever comes up, here's what we're going to do. If there's a runner at first and a left-hand pitcher on the mound and a right-hand batter at the plate, and that runner advances to second base, we're going to put the right-hand hitter on so the left-hand pitcher can face the left-hand batter. Well, guess what? The only thing that could go, there's nothing that could go worse than Max Muncy hitting a three-run home run. And, of course, you're going to shame Tony La Russa for it. He's going to look bad for that decision. But what do you want? And the question is, how much was that decision dictated beforehand? Or how much was Tony Larusa going against the grain? Because either way, the fans are having a hard time identifying exactly what they want. You want somebody to go against the grain. You hate the uh, internet managers, where all the decisions are made for them. <coughs> hate throwing a cough in on a live broadcast. It's actually a good segue. Because I want to get into something else that's really grinding my gears. Certain things in baseball are accepted; they're universally accepted or totally okay. Um, steroids, obviously, you know, they're outlawed from the sport. The general public is going to judge somebody that uses steroids as a, a sub baseball player. Um, if you want to use electronic signs or um, digital devices to steal the signs of your opponent. Uh, bad, bad people, bad person. You know, you should hold that against you for the rest of your life. You have uh, charges pressed against you, and then those charges are dropped. Um, you're not convicted of anything, but in the court of public opinion, the story is drawn out and made worse and worse. Well, people don't think you belong in baseball. You should be kicked out of the sport. Who cares? if you sat in front of a judge and a jury and were not found guilty. But there's other things that baseball does to encourage cheating. You've heard my take when it comes to catcher's framing, which is a very nice way to say the catcher is uh, deceiving the umpire's ability to call a pitch that's out of the strike zone a strike. You can talk about the competence or incompetence of umpires, but... You're allowing a catcher to take a ball that is in a spot that's outside of the strike zone and fool the umpire into thinking it's a strike. Well, you know, eventually robo-umpires are coming. And you're going to have an automated strike zone. And the ability for a catcher to frame is not going to matter at all. These catchers are cheating. I'll say it until I'm in the freaking grave. Catchers are cheating they're manipulating the strike zone to take advantage of incompetent umpires. The other rule when it comes to baseball that's accepted to go against is the balk. Now, there was a a push a couple different times throughout baseball where umpires were encouraged to call balks. I don't necessarily believe there should be this uh, outright campaign to call more balks in baseball. But the left-hand pitchers that have decided to take it upon themselves to pretty much do whatever they want when they're throwing a the ball to first base. I mean, you look at Max Fried of the Braves, who is literally throwing the ball home and then at the last minute is going to throw the ball to first base right after the he's convinced the base runner that he's throwing home is going to throw the ball to first base. You might as well just not have a balk rule. If not, if you have any issue with this, then this is accepted cheating that exists in Major League Baseball. The definition of a balk when it comes to a left-handed pitcher is if the pitcher lifts his right leg up past his knee and goes to first base. We understand that. But that's the one part of the balk rule that seems to be enforced when the other part of it isn't. In other words, you have a pitcher lifting their leg straight up, maybe not moving it over their left leg and moving towards home plate. That movement that you make towards home plate, according to the rule, requires you to deliver the ball home. Now it's selectively enforced. Bob Davidson maybe would call that a balk every single time the left-hand pitcher you know you look at a guy like Andy Pettit who got away with it for years Max Freed like I said you're, you're you're basically giving him credit saying oh Max Freed did such a good job look at he leads the league in pickoff since you know whatever that's because he's cheating Max Freed is cheating he is delivering the ball home and then deciding to throw to first base at the last moment which is a balk it's against the rules Major League Baseball, but once again, yeah, you know, we could pick and choose whatever rules in baseball we want to accept. We can look at cheating and say, hey, some cheating's okay. You know, catcher manipulates the positioning of a baseball that's delivered and fools the umpire into thinking that a pitch that's outside of the strike zone is a strike, that's okay. It's still cheating. If a pitcher moves towards throwing the ball home which he has to, according to the rule, and decides to throw to first base and gets a guy out, that's cheating, that's accepted to him. And once again, my call out there is to say, if some cheating is okay, then why is other cheating not okay? Why are we going to selectively go after teams that use technological equipment to steal signs? Because apparently the Yankees were okay with it. You know, Major League Baseball doesn't have an issue with that. The Red Sox were kind of given a little slap on the wrist for their use of whatever it is that they were using to manipulate um, you know, replay monitors. Obviously, the Astros, because of the athletic, because of Mike Fires, you actually had a player that ratted the other teammates out. A former player, by the way, who at the time was playing for a rival team in the same division. So I don't know where his credibility is all of a sudden taken as as the actual truth of the matter. But once again, we could select what form of cheating is okay. We understand that cheating when it comes to steroids is not okay. We understand that uh, using the replay monitor to uh, see what pitch is coming before the batter can uh, figure it out, have it relayed to him in time, is cheating. But other cheating, like catcher's framing, is encouraged. Other cheating, like a left-hand pitcher balking every single time they throw the ball to first base, is cheating that's okay. And like I said, you want to say some cheating is okay and some isn't? I have a problem with that. Either you allow all cheating in the sport, which you really should, or you say, hey, every form of cheating there's going to be something about. You know, the fact that pitchers are having a hard time getting a grip on a baseball, especially in cold weather. And I never really accepted this either. Listen, the spider tack I think, was a little bit out of control. I think that what the pitchers were using, they were able to have an unfair advantage. And if the goal was to bring more offense into the game, if the goal was to take away the dominance that existed when it came to pitching, then I think baseball did the right thing by getting rid of spider tack. I don't think it was a method of cheating. I think it was a method of uh, trying to increase more offense in the game. Now, if they come up with something that allows the pitcher to grip the baseball better, because you certainly don't want anybody getting hurt. You certainly don't want a 95 to 100 mile an hour fastball um, just kind of losing its its place in a a trek of the air and hit somebody in the head or players getting hurt. But I just think it's funny. There's certain things that you say, oh, man, that's cheating. That's so bad. But like I said, you look at catchers framing, that's cheating. You look at left-hand pitchers throwing the ball to home plate and then stopping that throw to home plate by throwing the first. It's a balk. There should be more balks. In fact, I've said about catchers framing, hey, the umpire, I overheard an umpire one time saying to a catcher, son, you move that glove, I'm calling the pitch a ball." Maybe these asshole catchers will stop friggin' trying to move the glove to manipulate every pitch and try to take advantage of the incompetence of the umpires. If the umpires just said, hey, dude, stop moving your glove. You move your glove, I'm calling a pitch a ball. And I would do that. I'll call, a, I'll call a pitch a ball every time the catcher moved his friggin' glove. Even Even if he went like this and tried to move his glove, it's a ball. Stop doing it. You want that to change? Have the umpires with the balls to friggin' do something about it. Move your glove and it's a ball. Stop cheating, catchers. And you know what? If a left-hand pitcher makes a motion to throw home, he better throw home. And if he doesn't, if he throws the ball at first base, it should be a balk every time. Two things the umpires in Major League Baseball can actually do to change issues that exist in the game. But like I said, the general public says, hey, this cheating's okay. Two forms of cheating in Major League Baseball, it's perfectly fine. The left-hand pitcher picking off guys on first base because he's committed to throwing home, which is against the rules, it's cheating. And the catcher moving their glove with the intention to manipulate the umpire and take advantage of his incompetence to turn a ball into a strike. We'll be back with you on Saturday, another edition of the Passball Show. You can check it out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. The first was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on it in my mind. I may come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. that will only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. I'm a dude the dude another dude. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you can say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a Pioneer. Mm-hmm. What side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside and hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if, if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100% unequivocally that pitcher was throwing at them. Oh, we're going, we're going. hey, they put their tail between their legs, and decided they're gonna do exactly what they're told. <laughs> you damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. Thirty-five years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion. <laughs>